You are listening to Losing Weight with ADHD, the podcast to help you discover solutions to well-being, improved health, and sustainable weight loss with ADHD. If you're a woman with ADHD who's tired of trying every diet and weight loss program with no lasting success, I understand exactly where you are, and I want to help you to finally see the change you deserve. I'm your host, Jennifer Watts, an accountant turned nutrition and life coach with ADHD myself. Once I discovered the connections between ADHD and my lifelong struggle with weight, I was finally able to make lasting change in a way that felt great. If you want to do the same, then let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I want to talk about what is the actual connection between ADHD and your weight, whether it's weight management, uh, weight gain, weight loss, and the struggle to do that, any and all of those topics, because there is a connection. And I obviously have only discovered this in the last while because I myself was only diagnosed within the last year. I don't even remember exactly when it was, but I'm going to talk about that on another episode, my whole story. But for now, I just want to really establish this connection for people because whenever I talk to people or they see my content or any of that, people are so, so surprised. Like, huh, how did I never make that connection? And it's really interesting, like looking at literature, I obviously went on a deep dive, hyper focus <laughs> research on this, which is kind of why I've been doing what I do, because it's so fascinating to me. And I just can't stop looking at this stuff. But there is so much research around this, but there's not a lot of info on the why. So I think this is really best stated by this one study that I found. It was in PubMed talking about ADHD and obesity. And I'm not going to get all like super scientific and make you guys listen to a bunch of stats. But this one I want to quote directly from the study. Or it was like a it was like an overview of several systematic reviews. And so so listen to this quote, and this will make a lot of sense to you. It says that although the association between ADHD and obesity would seem at first paradoxical, in the past two decades, there has been an increasing number of studies on this topic. The present review shows that there is meta-analytic evidence supporting a significant association between these two conditions, at least in adults. And then that they go on to talk about the cause and effect path not really being clear at this point. And the best part is the the end of this report on all of these studies or these reviews. This is what they say, and this is a quote. Therefore, after almost 20 years from the first report of a link between ADHD and obesity, this association continues to be puzzling. <laughs> it's so funny to me because like there's obviously a link. They've established that there is a link but they can't really identify exactly why. And I, I mean, it's funny, but it does make sense because it's so subjective. And we're all so different in how we operate and how we deal with these differences in our brains. So I don't think that this is necessarily something that could actually be studied. Like they could study it, but they wouldn't be able to have like, you know, scientific outcomes because we're we're just all different. And I don't think you could really pinpoint or study like people's train of thought. You know what I mean? So, but I personally, like, obviously, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a researcher. I'm not a scientist. But I do live in a brain with ADHD and a body. And 
I have spent a lot of time in weight loss programs and talking to other people who have struggled with their weight. And we are for sure overrepresented in those groups. And I was not crazy to think this and notice this because there's one other study that I found, which was from like 2005. So a long time, almost 20 years ago. And it said that severely obese women report significant symptomatology related to both childhood and adult ADHD. Like it just shows that there's this clear connection. And I was also listening to a podcast and I heard this woman, Dr. Katie Rickle, who runs a, or at least works at a clinic, like a residential place that helps people with obesity. I think it's called Structure House. But she said anecdotally that like 30 to 40% of her patients have ADHD. And when you think about the fact that it's only like 3 to 5% of the population that has ADHD, and these people are saying that 30 to 40% of the patients that they're working with have ADHD. I saw another study that said something along the same lines. They said that probably 30% of their patients dealing with eating disorders. This is both, you know, both sides of the spectrum, whether it's, you know, just disordered eating in general, you know, whether that, that could be, you know, under eating, overeating, any of those factors, but that ADHD is present in, like, that's a big difference. 30 to 40% versus 3 to 5%. So it's clearly there. This connection is established, but it's just interesting that they can't really identify the association between the two. So I don't know. I think with this, it's pretty clear that there is the link between becoming overweight as well as the struggle to make changes to become not overweight. I saw one article that was by Dr. John Fleming, which he comes up in a lot of these materials, and Dr. Roberto Olivardia. And they said that diets don't work for adults with ADHD because they're like a short-term fix to lose weight and then return to like a manageable normal, like quote-unquote normal. But ADHD people like their bodies are sending the wrong signals about what feels right. And so relying on natural tendencies would just lead to overeating. So there's not really a quote unquote normal to return to after going on a diet. So to them, in their opinion, these two doctors, it was, you know, that's why diets, traditional diets just don't work for people with ADHD. So I want to talk about what I have seen in just my sort of research with this and in my experience of living in a body and a brain with ADHD and struggling with my weight basically my whole life. Well, since, you know, I was about 13 or 14, which again, we'll dive into that in a separate episode. But I believe there are five main reasons why there's a connection between ADHD and weight management. So the first one is interoceptive awareness. That's a fun word to say. I always screwed up. <laughs> but that basically means your body cues. So it's being able to hear like as simple as feeling thirst, you know, and then recognizing, oh, I'm thirsty and going and getting a glass of water. People with ADHD, we don't have as much of a connection to that awareness in our body. Like we don't recognize or receive these cues like a neurotypical person would. So when you think 
if I just eat when I'm hungry or I stop when I'm satisfied, that is not as simple for somebody like us. And so this can really easily and sneakily lead to changes, big changes like that. Because when you think, and I know I'm not the only one that experiences this, but especially if you get hyper-focused on something or you're really into your work or just doing something that you're intensely focused on, and then all of a sudden you realize like it's so far into the day and you're like, I haven't eaten anything. (laughs) And when this happens, we're not going to go and prepare ourselves like a super balanced, healthy meal. Like we're going to find what's in the cupboard. For me, I know I would just go grab like chips or crackers or like something super simple like that and not have the energy and and you, yeah, like just finding out that you're recognizing that you're actually hungry when it's far too late. <laughs> this is so common, but it makes sense, right? Because it's it's you can't just follow along the path of eating in a regular balanced way when you're not even aware of these hunger cues. And and again, the satiety cues too, like you're not just going to naturally know like, oh, I think I've had enough. I'm not quite full. But, you know, this this has been satisfying and I've had enough to eat. That doesn't naturally happen for us or we just don't become aware of it in a quick manner, I guess. So it's not to say that you can't work on these things and really develop awareness around them, but you'd have to be pretty intentional about it. And that also requires a lot of energetically focusing on paying attention to that, which is that's not an easy thing to do. So so yeah, so to me, that's the one of the first reasons is the interoceptive awareness, which is why there's a connection there. The second one that I want to talk about is impulsivity. And like, you know that that is a big struggle for us. And I always think about, oh, I wish I could remember which doctor it was. It was probably Hallowell. But somebody said that for the ADHD brain, the only time is now and not now. <laughs> and so when you think about decision making and all of that type of stuff, like impulsivity is like we just operate in the now. And if I want something to eat now, I'll eat it now. Like I'm not, you know, thinking, okay, ahead of time and naturally planning out what I want to eat. Like I don't know, the, the the impulsivity is just such a prevalent thing for us. So, you know, just grabbing the food that's in front of you without even thinking. Or, you know, I feel like this, so I'm going to go grab it and not think like, hmm, does this really contribute to my goals? No, you're just going to make that decision in the moment. And so I think that, that I mean, now that to me just makes so much sense about why this would be a struggle for people to just be sort of reactive and impulsive in that manner when it comes to food. The third thing is neurotransmitters, namely like dopamine. Obviously, dopamine is the big one for us. And we just have less dopamine. I I don't know exactly how it works. I did see one study that was talking about potentially that it's just like our brains clear out the dopamine quicker than a neurotypical brain. So we just don't get the the effect of it like everybody else does, which is so frustrating. <laughs> like the one thing that our brains are really good at this, but it's like, no, we don't want it to be really good at this. We want to hang on to that dopamine. Anyhow, when you have less dopamine, you're seeking it out. 
And what's an easy way to get a nice little dopamine hit? For me, it's a bag of chips (laughs) or it's some candy. And so that is an easy way to do that. And a lot of that, I mean, tie that in with the impulsivity and then add in, you know, not having hunger or satiety awareness and that can balloon really fast. So seeking out the dopamine, a lot of people, it's like a texture thing or, you know, a boredom thing, like a stimulation thing. It's a way to stim is to just have a specific type of food, like a crunch. So a lot of people that I've talked to anyways, that's what they want. They find that that crunchiness or a specific texture is really satisfying to them when they're bored or if they're just seeking out some dopamine. I mean, and this ties into, to, you know, things like emotional regulation. Yeah, when we have less dopamine and we're trying to find a way to regulate our emotions, you know, if we're stressed, if we're like feeling internal hyperactivity. I know for me, like that would be a lot of that would be the end of the day. It's tough with little kids, especially. You're so drained And I would just be looking for relief in the pantry and looking for that dopamine hit. The other neurotransmitter that I think specifically of that affects this is GABA. And with when we have less GABA, we're less, we experience less inhibition. And so to me, the way that I think of that is, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, like hedonic versus eudaimonic. Is that how you say it? I don't know. But Hedonic eating is just like eating for purely for pleasure, not for, you know, health or vitality or energy or any reason other than just pleasure in the moment. And when we're less inhibited, we're going to be doing more of that type of thing because we just don't have the GABA in our brain, I guess, that helps to regulate that type of behavior. So Anyways, I don't mean to get all sciencey, but with these two in particular, there's other neurotransmitter deficiencies or differences in an ADHD brain. But these ones in particular tie in so specifically to how we operate when it comes to food and our bodies. So it just makes a lot of sense. The fourth one is executive function differences. So planning, organizing, that type of stuff, that stuff is really critical to not only to just life in general, but especially if you're somebody who's looking to lose weight. Like there's a lot of planning and and sort of forethought that goes into that type of stuff. You know, you need to make sure you have the right foods on hand. You need to ensure you have things like protein cooked ahead because there's not a lot of like quick accessible protein sources. You know, you need to be able to plan out your meals, have things readily available. If you're going to be exercising or moving your body, you need to plan out when you're going to do that. Have your gym shoes ready, have your clothes clean, (laughs) and even just scheduling in time for other things that matter in terms of weight management, like we'll talk about in a minute, but sleep. You know, making sure that you're timing your day well so you get those things that you need mindfulness meditation, if that's an important thing to you, which I think it should be. But, you know, even having just routines in your day that really contribute to you living a healthy lifestyle that feels good for you. When we don't have those natural tendencies to be able to effectively plan and organize and manage our time and that type of stuff, 
no wonder it can make some of these things a little more difficult for you. So yeah, that brings me to the fifth thing, which is sleep habits. Sleep is such an important part of just overall management of our bodies, which is part of weight management. And it's important for good health. It's important for your brain function. And ADHDers, we don't naturally have good sleep habits. It is harder for us to fall asleep. It is harder for us to stay asleep. Like, I'm sure you all can relate to that racing mind at bedtime, coming up with good ideas in the middle of the night. I don't know why this always happens to me. Or if you have the anxiety component with your ADHD, I know for me, it would be like 5am. I don't know why it was 5am, but I always wake up like (gasps) that gasp. (laughs) You wake up at 5am like, oh my God, something's wrong. What am I supposed to be worrying about right now? (laughs) And so that, I mean, that's not helpful when you're trying to have good sleep habits because you need your brain functioning properly. I mean, you're already impeded in a lot of ways. And then when you have this poor sleep factored in, then your brain is even less optimally functioning. And this is going to even affect things like your hunger hormones. I know we that there's lots of studies that would show that, that when we're not getting good sleep, we tend to have higher cravings for certain things and just eating more with more reckless abandon. And I mean, your emotional regulation too, when you're not sleeping properly, it's so much easier to get dysregulated. And we always, I'm not always, we already suffer with the dysregulation so easily. And this also ties into other points. It affects our impulsivity and our executive function. So sleep is so important and it is a struggle. It can be a struggle for ADHDers. And so It's just another thing that we have to have awareness around and try to plan properly for so that we have our best chance at managing our weight and just feeling our best. Like, who doesn't want to feel energized and vital and, you know, emotionally regulated? I know I do. (laughs) So, yeah, so those are the five factors to me that have the biggest impact when it comes to ADHD and weight management. So again, those are the interoceptive awareness, impulsivity, neurotransmitter deficiencies, executive function differences, and sleep habits. So we're going to go over how do you address these things and how do you make it so that you can have success when it comes to your weight management with your ADHD. But I just wanted to really in this episode establish that you are not like out to lunch or something that that you feel that this seems to be harder for you. And for sure, once you have that awareness, you can plan accordingly on how to address these differences. But to me, it was such a relief when I dove into it and figured out these connections because I've spent so long thinking that there was something wrong with me or I was just like a lazy person. Why can't I just get it? Like, why don't I get it? Why does it feel like this doesn't work for me? Everybody else seems to just be like, oh, I'm just going to do all these things and I'm just going to lose weight. And I'd feel so angry and silly and like frustrated that it just didn't work for me. And I'm like, I'm, I know I'm a smart person and I could be so successful in my career. I'm a mom. I like did could do so well in all of these other areas of my life. But this, 
This was like my area that I just felt like I could never get it right. And so it was such a relief and just gave me so much clarity to understand that there are absolutely reasons why it is not so simple for us. And I really hope that you can see this and understand that you're not crazy. You're not dumb. You're not lazy. And you're not just not trying hard enough because that's the one that... People who don't understand that will just say, well, why don't you just do things differently? Or why don't you just eat less? Why don't you just move more? And they are well-intentioned. But if somebody doesn't understand the way that your brain operates just differently than others, those comments can be really hurtful and really even more depleting than you already feel about yourself when it comes to this stuff. So yeah, just know that's the main thing I want you to know is this is real. Like these are scientific studies that show this connection. And although they said it was continuing to be a puzzling, (laughs) continues to be puzzling about the cause and effect of this, it is real and it is there. And I, over these coming upcoming episodes, I'm really going to help to, you know, establish what are the things that we can do to address these differences and find a way that you can absolutely lose weight if that's what you want to do. I just also want to be very clear that I am not saying everybody should lose weight. This is only for those that want to lose weight for the right reasons, for their own reasons, for their own health. But you absolutely can do this. And we just want to do some exploration and discover how can we make this an effective, effective thing that you do that works for you and your brain. So that's all I have for today. And I hope you will tune in next week. Thank you for listening to the Losing Weight with ADHD podcast. If you are ready to make lasting change in your life, please head over to my Instagram at jenniferwatts.ca where you can connect with me and find all the tools and tips you need. From there, you can also access my free guide of the Calm Method for Weight Loss with ADHD or book a free call with me. I'd love to hear from you, so please reach out, especially if you have anything you would like to hear about on the show. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review so the show can continue to spread this message. Until next time.